the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This segment of Faith Talk Live brought to you by America's Benefit, LLC. Comprehensive health care coverage for 30 to 60% less. Online at OurPlanRocks.com. You're listening to Faith Talk Live with Rick Probst and Dan Radcliffe on Faith Talk Atlanta. Look out, it is the Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I am Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Radcliffe. Hey, we're back. We are back. We're back, everybody. (laughs) It feels so good to have Dan Radcliffe back in the studio. Thank you so much, Christian. I'm not sure that's his real name who filled in for you. And Sunburn Joey as well. But there's nothing like having uh, Dan Radcliffe back in in the studio. Uh, Wednesday, almost said Monday. Because of the 4th of July, we were on assignment. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, so mm-hmm. it kind of throws things. But I like it because we on, we're actually only working uh, today, tomorrow, and then and then Friday. And the, oh yeah, that's right. Then we get the weekend. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. So. I like that. It is Faith Talk Live. Did I say that already? Uh, you know what? If you didn't, let's say it again. All right, this You're... is Faith Talk Live. I am Rick Probst, and, and... I'm Dan Radcliffe. Uh, I think uh, Tiana. Have you seen Tiana? She under Tiana, this book. Where is she? she? Oh, yes, she's pretty short. It's got, well, no, I guess she's not in here today. The so. plane, Dan and Rick. The plane. No, she's on. She would have no clue what that meant. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> she does not. She will be back um, Friday. I think she'll be with us with church chat and mm-hmm. uh, some other. Uh, I want to send her over to um, Barnes and Nobel's uh, right Nobels. next to Starbizzle. Yeah. Because uh, from what I understand, and maybe you've heard this as well, uh-huh. Goliath Must Fall, the new book from uh, Louis Giglio. Look at that. Look at that. Right I there. got that. Thank you for picking that up for me. As you and Bradley got a chance to talk to him, we're going to hear that interview in, in mere seconds. Uh, mine's autographed here, and it says, To Randy and Gina. Much <laughs> Much love. <laughs> I think they gave us the wrong book. They're, they're like, here, yeah, take this one in case Is you need Is that actually one. his signature? That's his signature. That's like a smiley face with uh, no eyes and just a, uh, I don't know what that is. What yeah. do you call that? I, I would just call that L dot. <laughs> so I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> kind of looks like a belly L-dot. button almost. <laughs> L dot. Boy, I'll bet his kids, I'm not sure how old his kids are. But uh, they could forge his name easy. Who couldn't do that, right? I could do that. Yeah, it could have been his secretary that did that. You know, Which so. I may, like I said, uh, I want to send Tiana over there to see if uh, these books are actually autographed by him. Because I hear he goes to Barnes and Nobel's mm-hmm. and autographs them. Well, and, Bradley told us that. Cause, was uh, it Bradley yeah, that said he's, that? He's Reverend Hamilton? Fan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who did the interview with you? Yes. Which we'll hear in mere seconds. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to send her over there to, to see if that's the case. Somebody said he also banks downstairs. Well, right. There's a bank downstairs on yeah. the first floor mm-hmm. uh, or the ground floor. What was, that would be the ground floor, right? Yeah, right. Um, and he banks there, and then he drinks a Starbizzle. Mm-hmm. He drinks coffee. Right. Star- <laughs> yeah. I mean, you better clarify I that. don't want Louis Peeps <laughs> showing up, you know, the guys with the uh, the leather jackets. Right. No, we had a great time. Knuckles, we, we had a great time talking with Louis. He's such a, a gracious host. We went over there to 515 Garson, right around the corner, uh, down in Buckhead. 
and uh, talked with him last week, and so we'll play that back today. Thank you so much for doing that. You were uh, doing the middle school camp, Mm -hmm. and all the way in Cleveland, Tennessee. Yep. Uh, the Crossroads of America, right there. Is that the Crossroads it of America? It is the Crossroads okay. of America, right next to Snellville. Uh-huh. And uh, you came down just to do this interview. I appreciate you uh, doing that. What What is it that stood out uh, to you about about Louis? You've seen him on stage, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Read his books, maybe seen him on video on VHS. Right. What What stood out to you? You think? Uh, just that uh, what you see when you you see him on video or on stage is what you see when you're talking to him one-on-one and uh, just such a, a gracious person and uh, and was willing to open up. You know, he was talking about the book Goliath Must Fall and yeah. just talking about all the Goliaths that we have. Mm-hmm. And he was sharing the Goliath in his life and how it, it still uh, is a Goliath to, at sometimes uh, even now, but uh, just that he was real and uh, and willing to say, hey, uh, I have these things, but because of the grace of God, I can, I can get through them. So, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I started reading the book after uh, you passed it on to me, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'll pass it on to Randy and Gina. Whoever they are. And I'll mark yeah. it up. So, you know, I'll cut, I'll cut to the chase <laughs> for <you> them. <laughs> but anyway, no, I'm reading it, and so far it's, uh, wow, it's ringing all the bells. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a really good book. We'll get to that in a mere second. Your 4th of July, good. I know you went to, where did you go? You saw went to sc- Cartersville. To see fireworks. Do you do yeah. that every year? No, it was the first time we've ever done that. I uh, just went with uh, some friends of ours, and they decided to go to Cartersville, so we said, well, we'll go with you. Okay, define friends. Are we talking Anita and John and Ken Kington and Matt no, no. Powell, and who are we talking no, about? No, this is uh, Noah, who you who you've uh, we've had on the Noah show before. Noah Longbeard had a boat with animals. Yes, I know the story. I've not heard that one. <laughs> but this Noah has no beard. <laughs> Noah McLeroy, MC Leroy. Because he's, what, 13? Yeah, no, uh, he's older than that, is He's a little he? older yes. than that, yeah. Uh, and it, we went with uh, him and his family and uh, watched some fireworks awesome. and had a good time. He is going to be back on the show, I noticed, uh, yes. this morning. on July the... 24th. Oh, I'm excited he's about that. He's got a new song, and he's recording it in studio with Sonny Lollerstedt. Are you serious? Tomorrow. I'm serious. Now, let me ask you this. Is uh, Kaylee coming in the studio with him, or is he coming No, he's got another him? friend coming in, uh, a girl that sings with him at Sanctuary. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Didn't you show me a video with him singing with her, or was that with someone else? I'm not sure. I remember uh, you showing me sure. a video some time ago. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to be a great show. With yeah. uh, We had like a gazillion views on that show, didn't we? We did. A gazillion and one now. Uh, but yeah. It's but that was just because Kaylee was on the show. It had nothing to do with Noah. So we'll see if, uh, if that holds up. We had a great uh, 4th of, of July. The 3rd of July, uh, we allowed uh, Elijah to shoot fireworks off in the um, in the house. <laughs> don't give him any ideas okay. right. in the cul-de-sac and it worked he got arrested so did, now did he? Okay, we only well. have one at home <laughs> thank you jesus oh, no anyway goodness. that's what he did then last night of course i have to get up early and go to work so mm-hmm. i went to bed everybody in the neighborhood i think everybody in the city i heard fireworks all oh, the yeah. way up until who knows i didn't sleep well yeah it sounded like a war zone as i was trying to go to bed and uh, that was even a it was after 11, because I didn't get home till around 11, so there were still a bunch of fireworks yeah. going off at that time. It's, it's crazy. So a lot of tired people, and I did not stay true to my diet over the last probably four or five days, yeah. and honestly, my stomach hurts, Uh-oh. and uh, I can't celebrate Bikini Day. It says it's Bikini Day today. <laughs> well, I'm glad so, that you're not able to celebrate that. No, I'm not that. able to do that, uh, but uh, maybe I can get these extra pounds off. Did you do anything? Did you eat anything abnormal or... 
nothing abnormal. Now we had some uh, brats on Monday. Yesterday. Hey, we had brats. Did you? Hey, we had brats. That's the thing to do. You know, yeah. have German food for uh, <laughs> for the July celebration. Did you wear your Lederhosen? <laughs> I did. Yes. We showed that picture the other day. Oh, that's right. We were on a Facebook Live, but I had the picture of you of and your Lederhosen because I missed you so much. Yeah. And I was gonna I was gonna use it the show. But we were having technical difficulties. Oh, okay. I see. So you showed that instead. So well, the people riding it at home yeah. imagined you in Lederhosen. Which uh, I'm sure they really appreciate Which is kind of like a bikini, that. like bikini day. So I'm <laughs> right. sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. No, that was uh, perfect timing because uh, Saturday, the Ratcliffe family took a little uh, hike up to Helen, which is uh, oh, very German. Did you really? Yeah. We went up there and uh, tubed and then uh, had some German food just to kind of relive our German trip. Did you tube? We tubed, you man. You tubed, yeah, dude? man. It was good. Were the waters high? The last time we tubed, they were very low and you you had to kind <laughs> of crawl. Your, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were a little higher because we've had some rain lately. So it was, it was it was good. We so you had a good time. Good time? Mm-hmm. Just the Ratcliffe family. You didn't take any extras because nope. you guys are known to take extra people. Yeah, people just show up. But no, it was just the five of us this time. So we had a good time. Is there a special place you eat there? Because we always go to. Uh, there's a couple of places we go to the steakhouse, and there's another place there. You know, where the steakhouse uh, is right there right, by the right, river. Right. Yeah, and uh, the this across- place this place is right on the river, and it's a German place. Uh, I can't even think of the name of it. Uh, t- there's like a troll t- tavern. Yes, yes, troll yes, yes. Or something like I know that. exactly where. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then we go to the biker bar down the street. Do you, you bike yeah, over yeah. there? Yeah, roll it <laughs> in your Miata. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take one over here. <laughs> anyway, awesome. Well, I'm glad you had a good weekend, a good mm-hmm. week. Uh, everything went well. Middle school camp. Camp was awesome. It was a great. great you still time. have your hair. That's awesome. I do. And it's not all gray. No. Well. <laughs> No more though. So than you have it your fingernails. Is. You haven't chewed those off. No, no. It was a good time. We really had a good time, and uh, a great group of kids that we went with. So it awesome. Was awesome. Well, I am so glad you are back, and thank you again for sitting down with Louie. We're going to hear in seconds this great interview with Dan and the Reverend Bradley Hamilton. Uh, Reverend Hamilton now. On his way to Israel? On he's his not, way to Israel. He's not there yet, right? Not yet. No, he's leaving today. And uh, so I told him to get us a stone from uh, the river there like uh, uh, Pam, Pam Jenkins, Jenkins did. For yeah, us, so. the, 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 kid, the kidney stone. Yeah, that, uh, Goliath's kidney yeah. stone, right. <laughs> <laughs> did you tell him there are no running of the bulls in Israel? You didn't, no. You, no, no, you didn't, didn't tell, tell him. Say it'll be a big surprise yeah. to him. <laughs> yeah, he'll get the point, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. Anyway, we'll be right back. Dan Rackleboot talking with Louis Giglio as well as uh, Bradley Hamilton. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Rackleboot. This is Faith Talk Live. Stay right there. This segment of Faith Talk Live brought to you by America's Benefit, LLC. Comprehensive health care coverage for 30 to 60% less. Online at OurPlanRocks.com. Like a happy bell in a foghorn world. It's Faith Talk Live with Rick and Dan on Faith Talk Atlanta. No, pardon me. I shouldn't have had that chili yesterday with those brats. <laughs> I got to tell was. you, it was a crazy weekend. That's no foghorn. <laughs> It's a Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I am Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Louie Louie, in in honor of uh, Louie Giglio being on the show with us today. Yep, uh, we're going to hear that interview in just seconds. Bradley Hamilton with Dan. I noticed that on my Facebook, Bradley... uh, Mm -hmm. The Reverend Most High. Yes, uh, the one who always gets to a point in his messages. Yes, he does. And when he runs from the bulls. (laughs) And I ask you, because I haven't been on a plane since 2001... Yeah, Has they it been have, that long since you've been on a plane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. man. Um, they have Wi-Fi on planes these days. What a crazy question. I did ask that. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? They have Wi-Fi? <laughs> 
because he responded. And uh, yeah. so he's either at the airport or in the air, but either way, yeah. he responded. So he And said, he's watching. Thank you, Bradley. He said, you are, uh, you are a rock star. No, no. That, it takes a rock star to know a rock star. So. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't forget, speaking of rock stars, tomorrow, I don't know if we mentioned this or not. I think we did in our video tease. Mm-hmm. Bone Hampton. Yes. Coming in tomorrow. Remember the last time Bone was here? Yeah. How many words <laughs> oh, did yeah. you speak? About three, maybe. I well, think. that's usually with me. I'm, I'm Dan <laughs> Ratcliffe. Yeah, that was three. <laughs> you at least get four with me, yeah, right? When exactly. I'm on the show, exactly. but with Bone, he hits. I mean, he's he's done. Yeah. So we'll we'll open the mics, introduce ourselves and Bone, and it's all done. And we'll laugh, and yeah. our sides will hurt because he's we hilarious. We did laugh, didn't yeah. we, the last time? Oh, my gosh, he's fun. He's coming up. Uh, that is uh, tomorrow's show. It's going to be amazing. Don't forget to be uh, a part of it. And don't forget to be a part of your pastor, the Pastor's Appreciation event coming up October the 19th. You can get more details. Oh, A.R. Bernard's going to be speaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bonehampton. No, 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 I'm sorry. Not Bonehampton. <laughs> now, that but would be that a would, pastor's event to <laughs> that remember. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Could you imagine? Yes. Anyway, uh, find out more. Uh, bring your entire staff, uh, faithtalkatlanta.com. All right, set this interview up, okay. this, uh, this whole thing. It's cool. Uh, last uh, week, last, uh, let me think, what was it, Monday, Tuesday? I don't remember, right? Ah, it was Tuesday. Cool. It was Tuesday. We uh, came down, and uh, Louis Giglio was at uh, the Passion City Church and allowed us to come in and talk with him about his new book called Goliath Must Fall. And so I brought Bradley with me because Bradley has always been a big fan of, uh, of yeah, Louis, yeah. and so let him ask some questions as well. And I uh, just had a great conversation with him, so this is how it went. Hey, it's Dan Ratcliffe, and we are here live at 515 Garson also known as Passion City Church, with none other than Louis Giglio, senior pastor, author, speaker. What else is there in that list, Louis? Um, a dog keeper. Dog keeper, okay. That's all right. You have some beautiful dogs, by the way. What kind of dogs well, I have are you? a dog. Her name's London, and she's our only child, so obviously we're in that zone. She's in the building somewhere right now. She does not like being on camera as much, but, um, yeah, she's incredible. And, you know, mostly my job is just to... Um, Make sure London's looked after day by day by day. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's great life, a lot going on, but how exciting. Very exciting. And uh, well, we're mainly talking about your new book that just came out, uh, Goliath Must Fall. We want to we find out kind of what sparked that book and, and what it's all about so people can know about it and pick it up and read it. We also want to talk about camp because you just got through with camp not too long ago. But let's start with the book. Goliath Must Fall that just came out, what, a couple of weeks ago now? It's been out for, I think, five weeks. So what sparked Goliath Must Fall? It's an awesome title, and obviously we picture David and Goliath when we hear it, but what sparked the book? Well, you know, like a lot of things in my life, I'm, as you mentioned already, a local church pastor, so I'm in the mix with people, and people's lives, like my life, are marked with battles with giants. And so we did a series three summers ago called Goliath Must Fall. We looked right into the text and said, are there giants in this story besides Goliath? We all obviously know Goliath is in the story, but most of us aren't troubled by a nine and a half foot gladiator. (laughs) There are other giants in our lives. And so we begin to look at what they are. But, you know, there was an underlying theme in this story that radically changed the story for all of us. And it's this idea. You mentioned camp. When I went to vacation Bible school, summer camp, backyard Bible club, I'm a church kid. We heard this story from the beginning. I mean, it's the greatest underdog story of all time. But in every case, it all ended with someone pointing at 
me, I was the littlest middle schooler in the room, and saying, and if David could take down Goliath, you can take down the giants in your life. And that was all well meant. And it really is true in the fullest sense of the gospel. But I think I, some, one camp we went out and picked up five smooth stones. And threw them at a big guy? And, and, we, <laughs> and we looked for the largest high school guy we could find. And we started hurling the stones at him. But I remember we picked up the stones. We came back the next night and we consecrated the stones. And we, we all felt it and we meant it. And we promised God what we were going to do. And we believed God for great things in our life. But amazingly... A lot of people who are nodding along right now and go, I lived that same church kid life that you've lived. A lot of the giants that we were facing at 14 and 16 and 17 at summer camp are still standing in our story today. And the big revelation for our house when we did this series was that we're not David in the story of David and Goliath. We don't need to armor up and bulk up and show God what we can do. Jesus has stepped into the story. He is the giant slayer. And he takes down not just a giant. He takes down all the giants. And that revolutionized life for our house and for people and for me personally and some of the giants in my own life. And I couldn't wait to translate it into a book so that far more people could walk in that same freedom that we had experienced here. All right, and speaking of the giants of your life, Bradley had a question about that. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say I've gotten the privilege of being able to hear from you and hear your messages um, throughout college and learn so much from you. And this book had a special place, um, just reached me really uniquely because uh, as a young guy in ministry, I was really just encouraged by the fact that you spoke up about the giants in your life as a pastor, as someone in ministry. And they were giants that growing up in church especially the leaders they weren't really talking about and weren't really open about. Was that difficult to be kind of one of the trendsetters in that area and say, I'm just going to talk about these giants because they're real and they're there? Um, And what was that process like uh, as a pastor? Yeah, well, it was a long story that I talk about in the comeback and in Goliath Must Fall. I fell into a pit of anxiety, uh, depression. I think I actually had a nervous breakdown, but we don't use those terms anymore right. because that's a pejorative term. So people have a panic disorder now mm-hmm. or an anxiety attack. But my my nervous system, physiologically, spiritually, mentally, I just shut down. And when I say shut down, I don't mean like had a bad weekend. I didn't leave the house most days for about four months. Wow. I didn't go to dinner with friends. I didn't go to meetings at the church. I didn't function like a normal human being. And I didn't think I was ever coming out of that darkness. I was so far down, so broken down, so weak that I didn't think I was ever coming out of it. If you told me then that I was going to be sitting with you guys, we were going to be taping this interview, that I was going to be mostly in my right mind, and that's subject to debate, um, that I was going to be filled with the Spirit, exercising my gifts, functioning in my lane, I would have looked at you eight years ago and said, that's impossible. But here I sit by the grace of God. And so when you go through something like that, it's like Alcoholics Anonymous. When you enter into AA, you get a sponsor. We, our family has been through this. And that sponsor tells you, I've been there. I've been to the bottom. I lost my family. I lost my business. I've been to the meetings. But I'm telling you, you can make it. 
And the hope of that is that when you make it, that you become a sponsor, and then you take the next fledgling believers under your wing and say, no, you can make it. And that's the power of life and the power of friendship and brotherhood and humanity. And so coming out of that, my goal wasn't to write about it. Coming out of it, my goal wasn't to stand on stages around America and the world and talk about it. Uh, My goal wasn't to become the poster child for people who have been through anxiety. But I have a stewardship. And the stewardship isn't to say, hey, here's what Louis Giglio did. The stewardship is to say, I'm telling you God is bigger than your giant. God is bigger than what you're struggling against. He's bigger than the hole that you've fallen into. He's bigger than the injustice that's been done to you. And if you will keep your eyes on him, he will lead you out of the darkness into the light. It's not a Band-Aid. Goliath must fall. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not spiritual sayings that you can sort of put on your Instagram. It's real gritty truth about the fact that Jesus has defeated everything we're going to face in our lives. Anger, addiction, rejection, comfort, fear, anxiety. He's greater than all of them. And if we'll walk in the victory that he's provided for us, we can walk free. And when we do that, he's going to get ultimately the glory that he deserves in our lives. Louis Giglio talking with uh, Dan Ratcliffe and uh, Dr. Uh, Bradley Hamilton. Doctor. Is he a doctor now? <laughs> doctor. Wow, man. Doctor. <laughs> doctor. Doctor. Wow, what a great interview. I've, I find that uh, this this guy, when I'm listening to the interview, and this is just uh, what segment uh, or part like one. Part one, right. We've got a couple of more parts mm-hmm. coming up, and it's a great interview. You guys have some uh, just off-the-hook questions, and uh, I find the courage of this guy uh, on the level that he was mm-hmm. and is to to reveal his weakness, right. because that is not common, as Bradley said. Right. Uh, you don't see that. You know, people don't do that. Even especially with somebody at, at his stature oh, yeah. that 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 is that well known. I mean, you you don't usually have them go. Yeah, I I I you know suffer from this, and right. and I I was taken out of the game for a good amount of time because yeah. I had anxiety. Yeah. Because he's got everything to lose, mm-hmm. right? Nothing to gain. Exactly. But thank God that he did it. So let's pick up and uh, check out the next part of this interview right after this hard break. It is the Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I am Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. We will be right back with Louis Giglio, Bradley Hamilton, and Sir Dan Ratcliffe. Stay yes, right sir. there. Wow. From the seventh floor of a five-story building, hovering in midair, like angels. It's Rick Probst and Dan Ratcliffe on Faith Talk Atlanta. Loving it. It is the Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I am Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Like angels, he said. Like Like angels. And as only he can say it. Thank you, Dave Spiker. Dan and I are so excited about you being a part of the show. Thank you so much for being here. Tomorrow's show, Bone Hampton. Uh, We are right smack dab in the middle of an interview with Dan Ratcliffe, uh, Reverend Bradley Hamilton, and Louis Giglio. You want to tell us more? Yeah. uh, We talked with Louis about his book, Goliath Must Fall. We were just in the middle of him telling what what sparked the book and uh, why he wrote it. And let's continue that now. And thank you so much for being a voice to that and really paving the way to set so many free and talk about that. I appreciate that. Well, you know, I went on a tour with Chris Tomlin many years ago. I don't remember how many years ago now. And I did a message called Symphony, uh, I Lift My Hands. Mm -hmm. It's a message about um, the greatness of God, but it's also a message about the power of worship. And in this message, I was going to tell my story. 
and talk about how worship was one of the key components in me coming out of the darkness Mm -hmm. and how it's still a key component in all of us fighting our giants. David went out into that valley and he said to Goliath, you come against me with a javelin and a spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. So he was already in a worship posture when he went into the fight. He had a galactic God. He'd already seen the God who created the sun and the moon and the stars. And he already knew, who am I that you are mindful of me? And so a nine-foot-tall giant was big, but not bigger than a God who'd created the universe. And so I'm going to talk about worship and my story. We ended up in this tour in basketball arenas, like Quicken Loans Arena, where LeBron James plays, and um, whatever it is, Bankers Arena in Indianapolis, where the Pacers play, and and all these different basketball arenas. I'm looking up, and there are 9,000 people there, and I'm like, what am I about to do? Hmm. And I just took a deep breath. I just asked the Spirit of God to lead me and guide me, and there the words went. And it was, people were like, you're the guy up on the platform. You're not supposed to be talking about the stuff that we struggle with. Well, guess what, everyone? We're all made of the same dust, and we all struggle with the same things, every one of us. And I think we just need more freedom in life in church for people to talk about what they're struggling with. Not to um, endorse everybody's struggle, not to try to um, just say, that's great, whatever you're dealing with, that's all fine and good. No, we're all called to a high standard, and we're called to the image of God. And we're called to the likeness of Christ. We're called to discipleship and holiness and sanctification. But we're all struggling in our journey right now. And I think whenever all of us talk openly about it, what we want to do is get through it. That's our number one value. Get through it. Get it behind us. We always say that. Put it behind you, man. (laughs) Just move on. But putting it behind me doesn't help the next person uh, walk through it in freedom. And so I'm going to keep talking and being honest. Uh, Sadly... As I've talked, uh, here we go for a little uh, news flash. Um, hello, everyone. But as I've talked a lot more openly in the last five weeks, we did a seven-day devotional called Putting an X Through Anxiety, which is free to anyone at louisgiglio.com. You don't have to buy the book to be encouraged. Um, my anxiety has uh, really uh, come back with a big force in the last five weeks, more so in the last five years. And so as, you, as you're vulnerable, you know, the enemy will come and work on all angles of things. But even in that, I'm like, um, I, God will give me the grace to walk in this season. But I want to keep being open and honest with people because it's in that place of openness and honesty that freedom comes in our lives. And I think just even that, just reminding people that it wasn't a one-time fix for you, that your anxiety is gone and done with that you are going to face those battles again in the future. Your giant isn't completely gone forever. I guess, you know, you know Jesus has slain it, but it, it's still going to be there throughout your life. So how important is that to remember that? Paul said, I've got this thorn, and we don't know exactly what it was. I, I, I know he was in ministry, so it was probably a person. Yeah. <laughs> and I've said, Lord, please get rid of him. And I've asked him time after time after time to get rid of him, but he said, no, I'm not getting rid of him. 
Um, and so what was that about? It, 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 wasn't, it was to help us know that by his stripes we are healed. And this is a reality, but it's more reality that by his stripes we have the power to overcome whatever's been done to us in life. I don't believe that text means that I'm not going to get a cold. And I don't believe that text means that I'm not subject to have uh, a broken arm or an infection or that someone might actually die of a terminal disease. Both my parents died of terminal diseases. I, I don't think that verse is a prescription for a zero pain, zero suffering life on earth. I think what it is is a promise that no matter what this world does to you, Jesus will overcome that and he will use it in a greater way in your story and he'll heal every wound. But it's actually out of weakness that God brings strength. It's not out of strength that God brings strength. So Paul says he doesn't take it away. But you know what? Guess what? I'm happy about that. Because when I... This is one of the most misquoted verses in Scripture. He said, when I am weak then I am strong. And you hear people quote that a lot of times, and they say, you know, it says in the Bible, when I'm weak, then he is strong. I said, no, it doesn't. It says, when you're weak, you are strong. Why? Paul underscores, because his grace is sufficient for me. So I, I, we've got a gal on our team here at Passion City was uh, so out of it in drugs uh, that his friends thought he died one day. They pulled the car into an emergency room breezeway at a hospital, opened the door, and pushed him out and drove off. Um, He's on our team here, and he tells a story of being miraculously delivered from the power of drugs. He had a come-to-Jesus moment and got sober instantly. And um, I think that story's amazing, and I believe in that God. But for me, coming through anxiety and this breakdown, it was a process. And people say, well, are you all free from that now? And I say, well, we're sitting right now in the Limburg area, sort of midtown Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I would normally tell people, my anxiety is in Doraville. <laughs> you know, it's not uh, gone off the planet Earth. It's in Doraville. But if it starts coming down towards here, I know what it is and how to identify it. And even I mentioned these last few weeks, I'm more in touch with what it is that sort of all dominoes into to, to this particular place called anxiety. And um, I don't think in most of our lives, and it's a long answer, but when we go through something catastrophic in life, the loss of a child, um, the loss of a loved one to cancer, um, a, a, a divorce that is completely shattering, you don't get over that. You don't get to a place that you just go, that's not on my radar anymore. You get through that. That's the promise of our shepherd. He brings us through the valley of the shadow of death. That's why we don't fear evil, because he's with us. And his rod and staff, they comfort us. But I think it marks you. And I think that the mark that it leaves on you becomes the platform by which God wants to use you to proclaim his power and his victory to the world. And so I'm not really looking for an anxiety-free life. I'm looking for a life that says there is still this thing, but Jesus has taught me how to live above that and to live through that. And that's actually as miraculous a story as if I said I've never had an anxious moment 
And obviously, if I said that, I would have to cut out about, oh, a thousand verses in Scripture because God says, don't be anxious for tomorrow, be anxious for nothing. Uh, And so he knows our tendency is to be fearful and anxious, but 365 verses say, fear not. All right, and uh, one more question about the book, and hopefully we'll have time to get to camp because I want to I want to talk about camp too. Um, as you wrote this, I think God uses these these processes in our lives to uh, also help heal us and work in our lives. What has and you may have just answered this, but what has God done in your life through writing Goliath Must Fall? Well, he's humbled me again. I think being used by God is the most humbling thing that all of us, the three of us, and anyone else listening today experiences. When you see God put you in His story then totally as a gift of grace, work in and through your life to touch the life of another person. There's nothing that can eclipse that on this planet. No amount of money, no amount of fame, no amount of pleasure can eclipse the cognizance that Almighty God put me in the story. And so for me, honestly, it just gives me a greater platform to encourage people. And most people don't have time to listen to a seven-part sermon series. And most people I meet don't have an hour for me to unpack my view of life and how God loves them. But a book is the kind of a resource that you can just pass along to people. And what I learned about most people is most people don't read books in one sitting. Most people read a little put it down, pick it back up, read a little, put it down. And so a book is a, is a drip campaign of truth that's going to last in a person's life. In fact, I don't know what the statistics are, but I would venture half the people that buy a book don't read it in a year. They don't even touch it in the first year. But maybe the next year or the next year they're like, you know what, I'm going to read that book. And so for me personally, it's just reinforced a lot of truth. I mentioned that already. Um, but secondly, it's encouraged me because it gives me a way to, to put encouragement into the hands of people that I know is going to be a long-term residual. And you have to have a computer or a podcast in or a connection to technology to hear a sermon series. But you can read a book sitting on a beach on a desert island all by yourself. And uh, once all the Goliaths have fallen, that's where we'll be. But one of the Goliaths in this book is comfort, because the reason why no one took on Goliath is because they all had a tent and a campfire and little brothers like David who'd bring them food. So a lot of times the best is uh, robbed away from something good in our lives. And so maybe it isn't a desert island that we need to get us closer to God. Maybe it's a little more of the fight of faith that we need to get us closer to God. But uh, anyway, I hope people be encouraged. I've been encouraged. All right, there you go. We'll uh, continue that in just a minute. Yeah, that's really, really, really good, Dan. I love it. Uh, Taking notes here mentally, I hope you are as well. And, of course, uh, anytime you can uh, stream it again, uh, podcast it, and watch it on uh, Facebook Live. Really cool. With Dan Ratcliffe, Reverend Bradley Hamilton, and Louis Giglio. It is the Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. We'll be right back. Just when you thought it was safe to turn on the radio, it's Faith Talk Live with Rick Probst and Dan Radcliffe on Faith Talk Atlanta. I got this feeling feeling it's a great show. Well, of course it is. It's the Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I am Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Radcliffe. You have been uh, hearing a couple of segments there, a couple of parts of the Louis Giglio interview with Dan Radcliffe and uh, Bradley Hamilton. And again, I appreciate you, Dan, uh, setting all that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, when I sent him an email, he said, 
Rick who. Actually, <laughs> oh, Randy. Said Randy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Randy. Uh, no. Uh, maybe Gina. Yeah. But uh, you got in, and you and Bradley sat down with him and uh, talked about uh, just some great stuff. What's yeah. coming up in this segment? Well, we talked about Goliath Must Follow's new book, and then uh, we talked about camp. Uh, Passion City puts on a camp, ah. and so Bradley was talking to him about that. Not everybody knows that Passion and Louis Giglio do a high school camp. Was it high school and junior high, or just high school? High school, middle school, yeah. All right, so they just got back from there, and he said it was amazing. So uh, I have him ask a little bit about the camp and just tell you what they thought. Yeah, sure. I was telling you this um, before we started, but um, I mean it, man. I have not seen a camp that quality ever. Um, you could tell the intentionality you guys put behind every single detail from the organization, the check-in, to your message and speaking about even anxiety to my students and kind of just knowing where they're at in the heart was very obvious. Um, and so I want to ask that, and what is your heart behind putting so much intentionality um, really behind everything you guys do, um, but even you know with students and with that generation as well? Yeah, well, I'm glad you loved camp. Uh, a lot of people, I've, I talked to a guy last night, he said, I know you only care about college students. He goes, but some of us older guys, he was like 39. I said, look, I'm 59 years old. Our, our church, Passion City Church, filled with people of all ages. And yes, the movement of passion for 20 years has been aimed at 18 to 25-year-olds, but our message is for everyone. And so we do camp for middle school and high school kids and several thousand kids in Daytona Beach, Florida. It is the best camp I've ever been to, and I've been to a part of a lot of incredible camps over my span of life. But I think the main thing that, that makes Passion Camp great is, is, is what you're talking about. It's intentionality. And a lot of times in church, we, we know that Apple's intentional. We know that Elon Musk and Tesla are intentional. If you're creating a rocket that's going to supply the moon and take tourists into space, you're not just sitting around going, well, what if that doesn't matter. Let's either we can use that or use that. You know, which one's cheaper? Okay, yeah, we'll get that. You know, they're very intentional about what they do. If you're Jeff Bezos and you're running uh, Amazon, you're very intentional about what you do. But then all of a sudden we get to the church and we're like, oh, it's the Spirit of God and we'll just trust the Lord. And you walk through the average church building and you don't see intentionality anywhere. You see junk stacked in corners. You see uh, signs that were put up. 13 years ago that no one's even thought about why is that sign there you don't see oh they thought non-believers were going to come through the door today they thought artists and engineers and philosophers and chemists were going to come to church today and they were going to want to know when they walked through the door that there was some purpose behind all this because our intentionality reflects God's intentionality and I want to be able to say to somebody when they come through the door God is a God of intricacy design and purpose God is a God of beauty and creativity and as much as we can we want to reflect that why so that you will know this God designed you he's got intentionality about your life he has a purpose about your life so when you come to passion camp it's not like the afterthought oh it's just camp so we'll fly by the seat of our pants it's just camp so we'll just you know make kids eat a hundred marshmallows until they throw up and then we'll all laugh and they'll have a good time it's like what can we do to aim this arrow as in, intently as we can at the heart of a 14-year-old who's struggling with life and death and philosophy and pressure and big questions so we don't serve out little snackettes because kids aren't dealing with snackette issues right now. 
here's your three crackers and your little four cubes of cheese and your apple slice. Uh, that's not where students are. So we teach big ideas. We open the Word of God. We worship with abandon. But then when we do Squad Wars in the morning, uh, there's nothing on television. I've seen in Ninja Games that look better than the Squad Wars we were doing. And so what it says to a kid who brought their friend, they're not messing around here. This is incredible. This is like the best concert I've ever been to. That guy's talking to me like no one's ever talked to me before. He's presenting truth and ideas. And if you take that down to every detail... You can't obsess, and that's where it all falls apart. But what, if you stay in balance, what you're doing is you're reflecting the tapestry of our God. Mm-hmm. And we say around Passion City Church, one of our culture values here, and we have a culture book here at Passion City, not just a theological statement. And one of our culture values is we design everything. So, I mean, we're right now in a lounge of a studio because we have a recording studio at our church because we make a lot of music here. A lot of uh, guest artists in our city use this studio. And when they do, this is where they sit in between tracking sessions. And if you look around in this room right now, you go, this is a pretty cool room. And there's no studio in Atlanta. I've been in most of them that has a lounge any better than this lounge right here. Because on the day that an artist walks through the door and says, what, a church has a recording studio? It's going to be, like, lame. Mm -hmm. And they walk in here and they go, who are these people? Um, That's going to signal to them right away. There's a guy on our worship team here who's a producer, hip-hop artist in town. And he said, the moment I walked through the door, I knew I was home. And so that's what intentionality does. And we intend to raise up a generation of middle school and high school kids that can live in culture, stand up to culture, and influence culture with grace and truth. And that takes a lot of thinking. And um, so it's Passion Camp. It's uh, in June next year. You can go to passionconferences.com and find the information out. And, uh, man, we, we, we just love that you guys were there and it really touched your students. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say thanks for that because it definitely. I think that's why you've done such an amazing job at reaching my generation through passion conferences and college. But now also, what's cool for me getting to see my students um, see that experience that same thing. So just thank you for being that voice and what you're doing, man. You're so welcome. I spoke in Dothan, Alabama, last night to about 3,100 mostly middle and high school kids and the passion being led. And I walked out and I was just on side stage before it's time to walk out there. And I thought, what am I doing here? I'm 59 years old on Friday. <laughs> What am I doing in this place? And then I thought, Lord, what a gift, you know, and either, and I hope people that love me will tell me when it's time, you know, hey, Louie, you've been amazing, but let's move on out. But what an amazing thing to be in the mix and to be still able, by the grace of God, to to touch people's lives that are 13 and 15 years old. I, I've, as long as I can and until they tell me that I can't, I want to be in front of middle school and high school kids for a week because I really believe if you cannot communicate with a middle schooler, you don't have any business communicating Mm. because the gospel isn't complicated. Mm. And if you can't get it down on a level where a ninth grader can tap into a relationship with Jesus, then you really probably need to just stop preaching, honestly. So it helps me. It pushes me. It challenges me. It humbles me. It makes me really desperate. But what a privilege. It keeps you young, too. He does do that. (laughs) Louis Giglio, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate everything you guys do. Thank you so much.
Awesome. Thank you so much, Louis Giglio, for taking time out. Uh, every time you speak, you stretch us. We appreciate mm-hmm. it, and uh, we move more and more toward uh, toward Jesus. I noticed on my Facebook that uh, there is a video of you, Bradley, and Louis. Where can people see that? Uh, on our Facebook page, if you go to Faith Talk Live or Facebook.com slash Faith Talk Live, uh, it is posted there now, so you can uh, watch the whole thing, take little bits of it if you want to, and uh, it's it's a great, great interview. That yeah. is, it's it's really good. Uh, check it out. Tell your friends, uh, too, and even those that are not your friends, tell them to check it out. <laughs> it is a great interview. It'll touch so many lives. Tomorrow, great show. <laughs> Look out, Atlanta. Bonehampton on the show. Uh, have a great Wednesday. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. See you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.